0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the IoT for All podcast. I'm Ryan Chacon, and on this episode, we are going to get into some really great insights into edge computing and industrial IoT forecast for 2023. And I'll be talking with Jim White, the CTO of IoTech. They are an edge computing and management software company. There's a ton of value here. So if you are watching this on YouTube, we truly appreciate a like and subscribe. And be sure to hit that bell icon so you get the latest episodes as soon as they are out. But uh, all right, Uh, before we get into it, just a quick word from our sponsor, Leverage. If any of you out there are looking to enter the fast-growing and profitable IoT market but don't know where to start, check out our sponsor, Leverage. Leverage's IoT solutions development platform provides everything you need to create turnkey IoT products that you can white-label and resell under your own brand. To learn more, go to iotchangeseverything.com. That's iotchangeseverything.com. And without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the IoT for All podcast. Welcome, Jim, to the IoT for All podcast. Thanks for being
1: here this week. Ryan, thanks for having us. Really a pleasure to be with you. And thanks uh,
0: for allowing us to uh, talk with your your guests. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, let's kick this off by having you give a quick introduction about yourself and uh, the company that you're with. Sure. So... um... I am the CTO of Iotech Systems.
1: Uh, It's a company based out of the UK. As you can probably tell by my accent, I am not uh, British. (laughs) I'm trying to do my best. Uh, But um, our company is actually a global company focused on um, IoT and Edge software. Um, My background is one where uh, I I came from um, uh, Dell computing where we were building uh, IoT Edge gateways, and I was the guy tapped to help co-found a, a, an open source project that's known as edgeX foundry so the leading open source edge software um, provider today and um, edgeX foundry became a big part of uh, iOtech systems and so that's what attracted me to IOtech and that's uh, been my business now for the last five years
0: fantastic um, very exciting conversation that I know you and I have planned here I'm um... And we're going to be talking about a couple of different areas that are really interesting and kind of been very popular as of late for for a lot of our audience. One is is the edge computing world and the other is industrial IoT for a bit. Uh, I wanted to kind of set the stage for that by asking you to kind of give me a quick overview from your perspective of the current state of edge computing and the current state of industrial IoT. Um, If you want to recap kind of 2022 and what kind of happened then, that's fantastic. But um, just kind of high level it for our audience so we can kind of set the stage that way.
1: Yeah, sure can, Ryan. So I think um, a lot of complexity in those questions. I, I always have to begin any conversation I have with almost any customer or partner or what have you, to find edge for me because everybody's edge is a little bit different. Right. Um, so from an IOtech perspective, we are largely focused on industrial. In fact, that's where we got our start is trying to provide what we called uh, industrial IoT solutions um, to companies, which meant really trying to focus on connect Things in industrial spaces into the enterprise, that has changed um, a, a bit. Um, there's still a large part of our of our customer base, a large part of the people we talk to that are industrial based today, but we're seeing more and more needs emerge from this what people are generally calling edge. And the reason we usually have to talk a little bit about what is your edge versus my edge, there's different types, right? You've got edge computing from the standpoint of a of a telco. Or you and I are carrying around our cell phones, and we're coming close to environments where uh, that phone can be used as a device to alert people on, you know, that my I'm present, and and I could use some information all the way down to, um, you know, a home edge where we're talking about things that are happening inside your own home space, um, industrial edge, which is an extension of IoT. So all that is 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 coming to play. And the reason I say things have started to change a little bit is we're getting into environments now, which even from an IOTech perspective, we didn't perceive originally that these were going to be large edge players. Um, sure. A couple of examples, um, you, know, you look at something like um, retail environment, retail store and they, they need IOT space. Well, no, they don't necessarily need IOT, but they are starting to bring together all sorts of different sensing environment equipment Into things like the point of sale where you and I do our checkout, Um, you know, we don't think of that as industrial, right? That's not a sensor on some sort of factory line. But lo and behold, that is now very valuable information that those retailers need um, to make all sorts of decisions and to help customers. So edge is expanding in a lot of different ways. So I'm not sure if I completely answered your question. but took my best shot.
0: No, that's great fantastic um yeah it's, it's a very exciting space uh, a lot is happening there edge computing has become you know even more popular to to power a lot of these solutions help you know, drive down drive down costs and imp- improve kind of performance across the board um so as we're now into to 2023 and we're kind of kicking things off um uh, what is How do you kind of view things going into this year? And I guess, um, you know, what we were hoping to do today is talk about kind of what the forecast looks like when it comes to edge computing and the industrial space. Whether that's together or a little bit separate is fine. Um, But I wanted to kind of talk through a number of different kind of points that I know that are on your mind uh, for us to go through. But if you want to maybe high level that for us and talk about what the forecast kind of looks like
1: yeah yeah uh, I guess I've become infamous uh, over some of the predictions I've made over the last few years. Some of them mm-hmm. I think are are turning true, others are not um, are taking time. Um, so what what I see in in the marketplace right now, first of all, a, a lot of things as we all have seen in almost all of our daily and professional lives have changed over the last few years with COVID right It has impacted a lot of the ways we see ourselves, see our environment, see our businesses. Um, that is changing things considerably. Um, mm-hmm. Where where a few years ago we were all going to an office and we were looking to provide IoT and educate a billion office, hmm, not so much anymore, but maybe we need it more now in our personal space. So there are changes in where we live, occupy our time, and, and need space. So that impacts things. Um, and then there are a lot of other uh, exciting things going on, just the way that the technology is always being applied to things like environmental concerns, right? We are are now very much concerned about saving our planet and saving resources. I'm not gonna say that those weren't important two years ago, but I think it's become more front and center as our world gets uh, hotter, as our world gets more resource constrained, and edge and IoT computing can really help in those spaces. So the the impact of the last few years, economically, socially, economically, uh, I mean, um, Environmentally, all those things are are bringing some changes about in our in our world that are putting IoT and edge capabilities front and center to to help solve those problems.
0: Right, right, right. What do you th- what do you think about um, kind of you know the the view and perception people have had about what edge computing is, how it works, and what the value can provide to what companies really need? So it sounds like a lot of companies mm-hmm. really want complete solutions, right? Um, so how, how is kind of Edge playing into that or how are things transitioning from maybe the, the way Edge was thought about and being utilized or purchased into what really people need and want and how it's kind of working?
1: Great question. And um, we've seen this in the evolution of our business. Uh, when we were starting, um, uh, faced a lot of early adopters who were looking at what I call the pieces and parts, right? Help me connect to this sensor. Um, help me get the data to this cloud uh so they were looking they were early adopters they were figuring out a lot of it themselves fast forward now a few years companies are they're done with that Uh, i the the way i i write about and talk about it is we are done playing games time Mm -hmm. to get real time to get serious here i don't want pieces and parts what i want is a solution we start to see an evolution of that here in the last couple of years but now it's getting real serious where companies are moving Um, or transitioning from POCs and pilots, right, to to learn and to experiment and figure out what's working. And now they're coming to companies like ours and say, pilot, POC, I may want to do that just to prove something out, but I need to do that very, very quickly because in, hmm, you know, 12 months uh, I'm being asked to deliver solutions that are going to either go to our customers or go to our employees or whatever you, and these things have to work. So they've gotten out of the playtime and now it is go time. Uh, and, and that's, I think changing the marketplace considerably, it's going Mm -hmm. to put some pressure on the marketplace. You know, we're going to see some companies come and go, uh, bigger companies are going to make acquisitions, things of that nature.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, what about kind of when it comes to the edge about what I guess as it relates to security as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's becoming a pretty important topic. So like OT edge security has become, you know, something real. What, what, what do you think about that as, as we're kind of looking at this year? Yeah.
1: Um, so I used to joke with uh, with my, my going into customers, I would talk about uh, obviously security is a concern. You know, it's going to be a concern with everybody, anything uh, that has to do with the information flow today. And I would ask companies, so tell me, what are your security concerns? What Tell me what you're trying to protect against. And I would joke because it was actually an answer I got from one of the CEOs I talked to. I don't exactly know what security is all about in the space. All I do know is I want you to keep me off the cover of the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> so security to them was protect me from making big mistakes, but I don't know what those potential threats or mistakes are. Okay. That's also changing, right? There's still that concern. Don't get me wrong. I don't think any CEO wants to be on the cover of the Wall Street Journal. And certainly we've seen in the press um, reports of, of people coming in and attacking things at the weakest points but we have to go a little bit farther today. We actually have to have answers. And importantly, I, as a CTO and a, and a company like Iotech that's providing solutions, we have to start to really understand the real threats, right? not, not just say, "Yep, yeah, we're, we're gonna try and help you keep off the Wall Street Journal. We have to know where those weakest links are and try to provide solutions into that space. So mm-hmm. companies are getting more wise, um, leaders are becoming sure. more wise about what some of those threats are. Sure. But now it's becoming more specific, and they need products that address those specific needs.
0: fantastic absolutely. Um, so kind of shifting co- topics here for a second if we're talk but still talking about kind of this forecast, how have hyperscalers really kind of played a role into this in in your mind kind of like what what disruption have they brought to the market um, and just just kind of overall from your perspective there? to be blunt, they haven't. They haven't really okay. played yet,
1: and they okay. haven't. Really been impactful yet? Some of them, uh, uh, you know, when we talk about, let's talk about the the, the cloud providers uh, to be specific, you know, uh, um, and we can identify them by name. It's not like everybody doesn't know them, right? The Google's, the Amazon's, the Microsofts of the world. They took a very cloud-centric approach. That is, we want all the data, we want your data, and we want to help you facilitate to get it all up into our cloud. And they didn't really understand OT very well. Okay, and then companies who bought into that approach started to look at it, and they start to look at their bills, and realize this is not going to work. Right, my my Amazon bill of transporting all the edge data to the cloud, and then working on it from there is not going to scale because it's just an immense bill, and it didn't really add a lot of value. I think that's got to change, and I think it is changing. We're we're seeing where the cloud providers, in particular, as you know, a cross section of the hyperscalers, are looking at this saying, Okay, so what we're going to need to do is we're going to need to enter this space very much like uh, we'll, we'll look at, at at some of the the hyperscalers and what their business was and then how they adapted to something like mobile technology or, uh, you know, uh, cloud SAS, or, I'm sorry, SaaS or, or past type mm-hmm. of, of technologies. They entered it into a big way trying to learn what it is they can provide as value, where it is they need to hand things off to you but where they actually provide a value they're starting to learn those lessons they're learning the lessons that they're not ot providers right they don't know operational technology sure but there's a place they can play because they do know scale and this is a big scale problem Uh, edge computing is a big scale problem so they know scale how can they apply what they do best into these environments Mm. and bring in the right expertise to help them where they they maybe not are specialists and by the way, probably don't belong. Not yeah. all of your data
0: belongs in the cloud from the edge. It makes no, no. sense to shovel right. it up into the cloud. So they're learning. Okay, great. Uh, what about AI and ML? How do you think that's like from a forecast standpoint? Cause obviously that's, you know, a big topic and how that needs to be in there, but does everybody really, does everything, I guess, need need that?
1: Uh, yeah, great, great question. Um, uh, again, another kind of a joke and aside I have with people is, you know, AI and ML is part of the solution. I don't know what the problem is, but we're going to make it part of the solution. That was kind of our approach you know, as AI and ML became big and oh my gosh, it is impactful, right? It can do so many things. What we're starting to learn is uh, you don't necessarily need that level of sophistication, that level of uh, compute and, and analytics capability to do some really important, critical and return on investment things at the edge. Mm-hmm. Simple rules engines, simple little um, analytics capability can return some big investments. So, if you're going to say, I need uh, AI and uh, ML, know where and how that's applied, especially when we're talking about edge computing. And then think about that a little bit because it does put some extra requirements on you. You need uh, some heavy duty compute. So, I, I see an evolution in AI and ML in that there are specific use cases or specific environments where ai and ml is going to become very important in edge computing example uh, uh, visual inference at the edge right all these all these edge compute use cases have cameras all over everything being able to detect what's going on at the edge and and get an understanding of that from an image usually takes ai and ml but to determine that something is a little bit out of alignment uh, you know you're your sensors can do a lot of that and then you need simple if then else conditions that hey this value is not in range let's do something about that that's not ai ml that's what i learned in my first days of undergraduate computing way back when and and that doesn't cost me the type of, of funding i need to put together an ai ml model let alone the type of compute resources i need right. at the edge so apply it with some uh, some understanding and some constraints and figure out what it is you really need
0: and how to apply it. Just don't say mm-hmm. we need AI ML at the edge. Right. 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 Okay. Fantastic. Last thing I want to ask you, and this is just something I, I don't know if a lot of people know about, but when we're talking about, um, uh, Kubernetes. We haven't actually really mm-hmm. talked about that much at all, but it's, it's a pretty popular, um, uh, term around a lot of, um, you know, tech groups and developer groups. Uh, I wanted to talk about kind of how that plays into, to all of this, um, and you know it's it's very popular uh, tool for people to be using. And but I, just from your thoughts, how does this kind of play into what we're talking about here from a forecast standpoint?
1: Yeah, Ryan. So um, once you've developed some sort of uh, solution for your edge, the next question is how do we get it out to the edge? How do we deploy, orchestrate, manage it, monitor it? How do we know it's up and running? Kubernetes has been fantastic in the enterprise. Let's even make it more general. Uh, cloud native computing (CNCF) community has been fantastic at getting those kinds of problems solved in the enterprise: deploy, mm-hmm. orchestrate, manage. Mm-hmm. Right. But the cloud and the enterprise is not the edge. We are resource constrained in many ways. We have needs that are not the same as the enterprise. For example, uh, you know, the, the enterprise never has to connect on Modbus sensor. Uh, the enterprise doesn't have to have dedicated, you know, communication security channels that say the edge does. So uh, a Kubernetes solution is applying an enterprise technology and trying to bring that down the edge. Can that work in some cases? Maybe. Yep. Take a look at it. But don't try to apply enterprise technology wholesale without really looking at some of your requirements. And that's the problem that we've seen in IOTech is it's okay to want to bring your enterprise technology and thoughts into the edge to see if they might apply, but don't expect them to solve all needs. There are unique needs in the orchestration deployment management that Kubernetes or CNCF in general Mm -hmm. don't handle. Now that's going to change, right? Okay. I, I, the CNCF community just like we talked about the clouds, right, and how right, they're right. adapting, same things going to happen, right? The CNCF mm-hmm. community is a huge group of very brilliant minds and they're trying to figure it out. And we see a lot of uh, of things in that space. You know, there's microk8s, there's K3s, there's a lot of technology in this space. In my opinion, they haven't hit the sweet spot yet, but they're they're working towards it. So we're going to see some things help us in this space. But as a user, as somebody who's applying technology, be aware that the enterprise tools that you have don't always apply, and you're going to probably have to look at some alternatives at the same time.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Okay, great. Um, Fantastic conversation. I I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, Last thing I wanted to ask you before we go is for audience out there who... um, I guess two things I want to ask you. One is for audience out there who wants to learn more about what you all have going on at IOTech and, and just kind of generally follow up, maybe learn more about some of these, these topics. Um, what's the best way they can engage, reach out and that kind of thing like that?
1: Yeah, appreciate the opportunity, Rand. So um, iotechsys.com. Uh, always okay. visit a uh, company like ours' website. We provide a lot of information out there. Um, we're part of LF Edge, uh, Linux Foundation Edge Computing, and the EdgeX Foundry. So from nice. an open source uh, uh, participation, you know we're very active in those communities. And so we actually find that a lot of people find us through those sources yep. as well. So we'd love to chat with folks on those channels as well. So LF cool. EdgeXFoundry.org. Awesome. Send me a note. Love to hear from you.
0: Fantastic. And, and last thing before I let you go, what are you most excited about going into this year? I mean, we talked about a lot of forecast stuff on the edge industrial side, but just generally speaking, something we didn't touch on—anything that people should really keep their eye out for. Yeah, you know,
1: you know, it's. Um, I'm in the UK right now. Um, I'm, I'm based in the US, but in the UK right now. Boy, isn't it nice that we can actually finally get a chance to meet face to face, talk to clients face to face? There's an element of that that's wonderful. Um, but it short cycles a lot of our our. Um, work as well I'm, I'm hoping to see acceleration in this market space not just because we meet in person but because i think people are excited to finally get back and into sure. a groove which feels a little bit more normal than what we've experienced over the last two years
0: absolutely i couldn't agree more i was just at ces and um you know there's i think it said about 115,000 people to attend it it was people just loved being back in person uh even more it's Events, you know ces might not be the best gauge because it's a, it's a huge thing but uh, i'm curious to see how more of the smaller vertical specific and more niche events come back over this year as opposed to last year so um so i agree with you it's exciting zoom has been our godsend for
1: the last couple of years but i think we could all use a less um you're still muted and more of let me shake your hand
0: yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. You get a lot done. I think it's a different kind of relationship yep. too. So you get to develop. Yep. But, Absolutely. Which Thank thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. And I look forward to getting this out to our audience.
1: Ryan, appreciate your time. And thanks for allowing us to speak with you and
0: your audience. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on the IoT for All podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a rating or review and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Also, if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please drop us a note at ryan at iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them as a future guest. Other than that, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.